Well, even as we get ready this morning, you know, to, sell, uh, to you know, hear God's word, uh, we're blessed to be able to have uh, Jason Wolford from Mission Cry International to come and share. You know, and every once in a while as you interact with missionaries that we support, you, you know, we meet new people and we have a chance to partner with a new ministry. And, uh, and I love what, what not only Mission Cry International, what their ministry is doing, uh, but how God is using Jason specifically and how they're, they're really in, in many ways on a cutting edge in a sense of doing some things that are a little different, kind of taking approach to ministry that's a little outside of, of the norm. And I love what God is doing there. And I, and I think that you're going to be encouraged by what you hear. I'm going to ask Don Hutchinson, head of our missions committee, and he's going to come. Uh, he's gotten to know Jason more than I have, and so he's going to come and, and uh, introduce him. Good morning. Uh, first off, I would like to thank this church. Uh, you've been going uh, really well with bringing in used Bibles, used uh, teaching materials that uh, made a couple trips already this year to Michigan to take things up. Uh, Harry Warner turned us on to Mission Cry. Uh, he'd been collecting books for a long time. And it was really a great thing that I was able to meet Jason and his wife and was able to go to Mission a couple times, up to Michigan a couple times. You know that place up north? Uh, we're not allowed to say. But anyhow, uh, we're thrilled to have Jason with us this morning. I know he's going to, uh, he's gonna bring God's word to life for you and in a very powerful way. So I'm sure he will introduce his family to you uh, when the time comes, but uh, right now we're gonna have a video. I'm Reverend Jason Wolford with Mission Cry with a very special update regarding a special ops program that was just completed weeks ago. You and I are seeing the global impact that Islam is having in and around the world. It's affecting places as we've seen on the television, heard on the radio, and read in the newspapers. We see what's going on in Afghanistan and Pakistan and even right here in the United States of America. But I want you to know that we serve a God who knows what's happening before it even happens. You know, just weeks ago, I was preparing for a message that I was going to be preaching, and I came across an article that was talking about the infighting that's going on on Osama bin Laden's former compound. They're fighting, Muslims are having infighting on whether it should be a shrine memorial to Osama bin Laden or should it be a playground. And you know, when I read that, I got so frustrated thinking that uh, while I rejoiced and thanked God that we had a U.S. military that went in and relieved and uh, uh, relieved the oppressed, defended the fatherless, and took out one of the most evilest human beings on the planet, I still was frustrated because that foundation and those walls are sitting on God's dirt. 
And I said, Lord, that's not Satan's compound. It's not Osama bin Laden's former compound. That's your dirt, and I want to take it back for you, God, in the name of Jesus. I said, Lord, I want to give them the 500 closest homes, 2,000 Bibles that surround Osama bin Laden's compound. Then, Lord, I want to go down to Shaman in Kuwaita on the borders of Afghanistan and give the word of God. And I want you to know in just a minute, you're going to see how God has moved and moved miraculously. Be encouraged. We serve a God who still sits on the throne. God bless you, and thank you for letting the world hear your mission cry. Praise God. This is Pastor Vicky from Pakistan. Uh, yesterday night, we got Holy Bibles, donated from Mission Carry. And today, we will be on our trip to distribute Bibles in Abdabad, some of the Latin compounds. I'm Bishop Slim, and thank you so much for Bible distribution. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. I am Pastor Amar. We are very, very thankful. You are wonderful support, and God bless you. Thank you so much, Mission Kelly. God bless you. I am Pastor Sneek Thank you. God bless you. Thanks. This is, this is our distribution team, and we request you please continue as you well. God bless you. God bless you. Hi, greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, my name is Akash Isak, Evangelist Akash from Ahmedabad, Pakistan. And thank you so much for Mission Carry. Thank you so much. God bless you. May God give you a bundle of blessings. So this is a uh, this is a, the compound where we are standing. This was the Sama bin Laden house where he was operated and killed. We thanks God glory and we able to deliver a Holy Bible in this area. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. My name is Ghazal. I'm from Abdabad. Or thank you, uh, Mission Cry, for this Bible. Brother and sister, this is Pastor Bikki from Pakistan. Right now we are in Chamon, and we thanks uh, uh, Mission Cry and Reverend Jason Belfort for their help with Bible. May God bless you. Thank you very much. My name is Pastor Arshad John from New Hope Orphanage. I am founder and chairman New Hope Orphanage. I thank to Mission Cry uh, for, for Bibles. Uh, uh, Pastor Vicky, giving by Pastor Vicky to my all uh, of employees in, who are working in orphanage. Thank to God and I pray for your vision and mission. God bless you. Pakistan. Thank you very much for giving us this beautiful and gorgeous gift. It's a huge blessing for all of us. Thank you so much, Mission, Mission Cry. Thank you once again. 
Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, Pastor, thank you so much for the privilege, the honor. I'm truly humbled uh, at the opportunity to be able to come and preach the gospel and fill the, the pulpit. Uh, that really speaks accolades of the leadership and um, the authenticity of your, of your pastor. And so thank you for that. And of course, Don and Bonnie, thank you so much for uh, your generosity in hosting us yesterday, coming to the mission in Michigan, taking a tour and seeing um, just what God's doing through there. And I wanted to remind each of you as well, I wanted to say thank you to you, for those of you that are sacrificially giving uh, of your life, your time, and your finances. Uh, in that video, everywhere that you saw my name or Mission Cry, you could put your name there, uh, because God says that's a part of your fruit, a part of your fruit. So when you get to heaven someday, you're gonna be greeted by those Muslims, the followers of Islam that are now believers, and they're gonna say, it's because of you that I got saved or that I had a testimony or I had the ability to read the word of God to know what God had to say about the rest of the situation, uh, which is so powerful. And I want you to know we're getting ready to go back uh, for the sake of sensitivity. It will be between now and the next month or so. We're gonna go back with more Bibles and Christian books. One of the areas that we went to was down on the border of Shaman and Quetta. Um, that's exactly where the Afghan refugees are coming into Pakistan. Some of those are going to a facility that we have. Uh, they're gonna get the word of God and be blessed and encouraged again. Those that were believers uh, leaving Afghanistan uh, had to burn or bury their Bible, and so we're uh, re-giving, we're giving them the ability to have the Word of God again. And so keep that uh, mission in your prayers as we'll continue to do that. Uh, one thing that I want to point out to you uh, before I introduce my family is, if you look to the left here, you see, or to your right, is a Christian flag. And wherever I've preached around the world in churches, that flag is in the churches. However, that flag is not in those areas. And I want you to know it's that flag and people like Don and uh, my wife and I, who are United States Marines, a few years and a few pounds ago for me, our daughter who's a Marine, and all of you that have served this country, uh, you're the ones that have given us the rights and the freedoms that we have to be able to preach the gospel, to be able to have freedoms that we have here. And so uh, let's give those that served a round of applause, please. Just very quickly, uh, if my kids, my wife, and my kids would come here real quick. Thank you. Uh, just face that way, if you would. Thanks, yeah. Uh, so this is my wife, Maria. I tell people there's proof that there's a 210-pound stud Marine under here somewhere. Uh, but uh, uh, we met in the Marine Corps, and I had been saved about two seconds before I, I met her. And uh, so she had her work cut out for her as a believer. Um, but they're up here because I wanted to share, and they love this, um, my son, not really. Uh, this is my son, Jason, and at seven years old, he was diagnosed with a cancerous, inoperable brain tumor, twice the size of a golf ball. End of story, we were Make-A-Wish recipients. Uh, a few weeks earlier, our daughter here was diagnosed with lupus. Uh, a lifelong disease that you can't ever get rid of and was told that uh, most likely she would not ever be able to have children. And our youngest daughter, who's a Marine, who's not here today, uh, we were told at seven months in the womb to abort her because she was going to be born grossly 
disfigured and with mental illness. But I want you to know that we never allowed the last thing to be spoken over them, something contrary to the word of God. And you're looking at a boy whose tumor vanished out of the middle of his brain two months after they said that he wasn't going to make it. A girl who walked out of the hospital lupus free, who has two babies and wants to have a whole bunch more. And our youngest daughter earned the title Marine. And she, uh, everyone says she looks like J-Lo. And uh, so pray for me for that. And uh, uh, so let's give the Lord a round of applause of what he does and how good he is. This is the book that they gave us when my son was diagnosed uh, all the way 20 years ago. It says, a resource guide for parents of children with brain or spinal cord tumors. And uh, I want to ask you, can anybody tell me what's on page one of this book? Anybody? No, you can't. And I can tell you before the Lord, I can't tell you either because my wife and I have never, ever opened this book because we were not going to be a resource. We were not going to be parents of children with brain or spinal cord tumors, but we were going to be parents of children that uh, got healed of the Lord. Amen. And I'm not saying that the things in our life or the things that you're going through are always going to go the way that you expect. But you've got to give God the opportunity and the ability to be involved. And that comes by reading and professing and confessing his word because it doesn't return void. I want you to know that from the Marine Corps to the business world to call to the ministry, I have been uh, radically poor. I've been wealthy. I've lost it. God's restored it. Uh, I've eaten with the, the wealthiest, the poorest of the poor. Uh, I've preached in Tuva, Siberia, uh, Russia, Dominican Republic, Israel, uh, held crusades in uh, Belize and Philippines and uh, uh, met and prayed with senators. And I say all that to say this that no matter what social class or people that I've been with, there is a desire and a need that only Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, can fill in somebody's life. Amen? Amen. I want you to imagine being in a place where, uh, well, imagine when you got saved. I want you to go back to that time in your life where you remember that time where you said, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins. And that day that you were saved, uh, whether it was a day ago or 30 years ago, I want you to remember uh, what it would be like for all the things that you've been through, the struggles, the things that you've suffered through, and not having the Word of God to be able to read. Because that's exactly what's happening to our brothers and sisters around the world. They're getting saved, they're being martyred or beaten for their faith, and they don't even have a Bible to read about the very God that they're being martyred or beaten for. Matter of fact, 122,000 people are getting saved every day around the world, where a majority of those people are attending a church where the pastor doesn't even own a Bible. But that's the difference that you and I are making together at Mission Cry. I want you to know as a missions organization, we've sent now nearly $400 million worth of used Bibles and Christian books to 178 nations around the world. We've done this by equipping native and foreign missionaries. Uh, we've uh, encourage people like you to share your extra Bibles. The average home in America has six Bibles sitting on its shelf, and we're asking you to take some of those Bibles and give them to the ministry. Then they go through a sort process, sort process. they get packaged, boxed, palletized, and get put on sea containers and go all over the world. Just last year, we gave 1.2 million people a free Bible or a Christian book. Amen? So this is a rough crowd, Pastor. Rough crowd. I mean, <laughs> One of the things also that we've done is just recently in the state of Odisha in, in, in India, 
We had a brother who reached out to us and said, uh, could we help him with maybe a pallet of Bibles or Christian books because he needs to have one of his seminaries uh, with more books. Uh, and uh, I read about a story this year that happened to a 14-year-old boy in the state of Odisha. He became a Christian. And upon becoming a Christian, uh, he was stoned to death. And not figuratively, literally was chopped into thousands of pieces and spread throughout uh, that territory as a reminder to Hindus that you better not be saved, better not be a Christian. And when I read that story, and then this pastor came to me from uh, the state of Odisha, I want you to know that uh, I asked him, I said, what, what is it going to take for us to get these three seminaries credentialed in the state of Odisha? He said, well, we would need um, uh, $2 million worth of free Bibles and Christian books, uh, about 70,000 Bibles or Christian books to start. And uh, I said, well, could, if you could commit by December to getting this done, uh, Mission Cry will send you 70,000 Bibles and Christian books. I want you to know those left two weeks ago. And because of your faithfulness, praise God, there are going to be three seminaries established, taking indigenous English-speaking people and sending them back out to do the works of the Lord. Amen? So you might be asking, why send the Word of God, right? I mean, because people can be saved. Uh, they can ask Jesus, confess and profess Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior without reading the Word. That's what the Word says. So why send the Word of God? Well, I think this Bible explains it very well and why. Uh, at the mission, they, they brought this Bible to me and they said, hey, Pastor, you got to look at this Bible. It's unbelievable. And I'm thinking, well, we get thousands of these, you know, every day. Uh, so, you know, what could be special about this outside of it being the Word? So I look at it. And uh, it says genuine leather. So I'm like, it's genuine leather. It's got gold on it. It's got gold embossed pages. Uh, and then I opened it up, and every page was blank in the, in the Bible. And while this was a misprint, God used it to speak to me. And I want to remind you of what he said uh, to me through this, and that is this. Some of this represents a majority of us in this room, in this country, and people around the world. A majority of us look right. Some of us smell right. That was a joke. Uh, a majority of us look right. A majority of us smell right. Uh, and our eternity might even be set. But when trouble and hard times come, we don't know how to respond because we don't know what God has to say about the rest of the situation. I want to encourage you today as you're giving people the opportunity to be filled with courage around the world by reading his word that doesn't return void, to be in your word. God is amazing. He's real. He's alive. He's the one that wants to do everything that he did for our family or others for you. He said he's not a respecter of persons. In other words, what he did for you, he'll do for somebody else. What he's done for us or someone else, he'll do for you. Amen? With the word, you and I are giving people the opportunity to have a testimony established in them. You know, the Great Commission started with Jesus being missions-minded. He left his rightful home, his rightful place, and came and died here for you, ascended back to heaven, sits at the right hand of our Father and interceding and praying on your behalf. On that note, let us pray and come before him. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your Son. Father, thank you for the ability and the privilege that we have to proclaim and preach the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that you would take this message and make it very simple. Light it on fire in the hearts of each person here. Give them ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying, and then a heart to obey. For you, Lord, are our King and our God. Amen.
that name of Jesus, as we put up the picture of Goliath, I want to remind you that name of Jesus, there's power in that name. Power to drive out demons. Power in that name that it says that when demons hear the name of Jesus, they, they tremble. That power of the name of Jesus Christ has the ability to fix your marriage, to, to take care of your finances, to do whatever healing that needs to be done, you need to proclaim that name, Jesus. We find that Jesus in Revelation is the word. So when we're reading the word of God, we're reading Jesus, he is there, there's power in that name. It's great to be here because uh, this is a place when you come to church where you get to hear the word of God, where your faith is built, where testimonies that we hear can encourage us in our faith. A place where we can be uplifted in some of life's most difficult and terrible times. And you know, today you and I need to be reminded that we're God's kids. You know, a majority would say, yeah, I get it. I'm a, I'm a child of God. You sing it. You tell people about it. But do you believe it? This picture is a very good example of David and Goliath. The average male at the time was 5'6", and the Bible said David was a little shorter, and the giant was nearly 10 feet tall. And so this is what David was up against, facing a giant. Somebody, the other giant's laughing. The other giant's like, who's this? And maybe today you're facing a giant, and whatever that giant looks like in your life, I want to remind you of this picture and David holding that sling. That sling represents a part of God living inside of you. God said that when you got saved, when you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that a part of him came to live inside of you. And what I call it is walking with a Holy Ghost swag, okay? Walking with a Holy Ghost swag, understanding that you have royal blood pumping through your veins, that you're a child of the Most High God, that you have and serve the God who flung the stars into the heavens, who separated the seas, who has angels on standby to come kick some serious rear end for you. And I gotta be careful, I was a Marine, Holy moly, uh, ready to kick some serious rear end for you. That's the God that we serve. You know, I love the movie Thor, and uh, I'd seen it, and uh, you know, my wife said I had a little bromance going with Thor there. So anyway, uh, I loved in the movie that every time that Thor introduced himself, he said, I am Thor, Odin's son. And he was saying that I'm the son of Odin. In other words, I'm somebody. And in that movie, because I had a terrible example of a biological father for one second with the masters in divinity and all the reading I do, blah, blah, blah. I said, God, I wish I could add a dad like, Oop. and I stopped and I said, Lord, my name is Jason Godson. Your last name is Godson. You are a child of the most high God. And I want to remember, I want to remind you of that today. Please walk it. If you truly believe this, this will cause you to walk, talk, think, and expect differently in every single area of your life. And if it's not, then you don't believe it. And if you do believe it, start walking with that Holy Ghost swag. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that, that it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. A lot of times we start serving the Lord, and when we start serving God, he starts to pen the story of our life. And then some trials or tribulations or hard times come, and then we say, God, we're done. And it's as if we take that pen from the hand of God and we try to write our own story. And I can promise you I've been there. It doesn't work out. I want to encourage you today to allow God to be the author and finisher of your story. 
Continue to serve him and proclaim and preach the gospel uh, over your life, over your family, over your children. No matter what it looks like, let God be the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. I want you to know in Ephesians, uh, God prepares us for the battles that we're talking about. Whether it was a battle like David's going through, what you heard our family go through, or what you might be going through or will go through, I want to encourage you that God has prepared us for battle. He said in Ephesians 6, to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand there Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking up the shield of faith, above all, taking up the shield of faith, above all, taking up the shield of faith, where you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You know, I read that and I said, Lord, you prepared us, you made us. You made us for battle. How come I see so many people struggling, falling, being taken out before their time? And the Lord, as I was praying, began to show me people getting ready in the morning, people just like you and I, putting on their hat, their, their breastplate of righteousness, their belt of truth, their gospel shoes of peace, and then pow, they were out the door. They began going to preach and going into their areas of influence, their jobs. And as they were going, it was almost just like a, like a, a war movie where they were being taken out before their time. And I said, God, what's going on? They're saved. They're living righteous lives, truthful lives, peaceful lives. And I felt like the Lord said, look closer. And when I looked closer with what he was showing me, these were people going into battle. They were saved. Their eternity was set, but they didn't have the shield of faith and they didn't have the sword, which is the word of God. You're fighting battles with an eternity set, but because you don't know the word of God, you're losing but I want you to know when you read the word, when you provide the word for other people around the world, you'll be victorious. When you read the word, that supernatural shield of faith is there. Then you get the sword, which is the word of God. His word is the only thing that doesn't return void on this planet. Food, water, clothes, money, all of it, it goes away. But God says his word is there forever. Amen. So what does the Bible say about faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, of the evidence of things unseen. We find that in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. I say that to remind you that there are little T truths that happen in our life. And you can hold on to those, like the little T truth of the, the, the attacks against my family. Or I could hold on to the greater T truth found in the word of God and saying, God, I know I can't see it in the natural, but your word says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, of the evidence of, of things, of the unseen. In other words, don't look at your situation. Look at what God says, and he's going to show up, and he's going to show off. Amen? God says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It comes no other way. If you're walking around, you say, man, that dude's got faith. Oh, she's a woman of God. She's got faith. I don't have that type of faith. Well, then you're not in your word. Because God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I know all of you are in the word, but I'm just using that as an example. I want to encourage you today to be people of the word of God. God says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you could be doing all these wonderful things, but if you don't have faith in him and his word, he's not even pleased with you. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want to remind you today that the word does not return void. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word was with God. 
He is God. We find in Revelation that Jesus is the Word. So technically, when you help send Bibles and Christian books around the world, you're, pack, you're packing and boxing up Jesus, putting them in a box. They open it on the other side uh, in all these 178 nations that we've been to, and they start to read it, and life uh, comes about. Amen? You're helping this word and helping our brothers and sisters in the battle they face every day. I told you about David and Goliath, our family stories, and I want to remind you that God wants to establish a testimony in you. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. Psalm 78.5 said, he, for, he established a testimony in Pastor Mike. He established a testimony in Don and God's son and God's daughter and appointed in law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make known to their children. Wouldn't it be great with these testimonies that we have if we could leave off that word test? Because without the test, there's no testimony. We live in a world, a fallen world. We're not in heaven yet. We sometimes get tricked as Americans because we live in a little H heaven. We got a whole lot of wonderful things here. The poorest of poor are still wealthier than anyone in the world. And sometimes we forget this isn't our home. Uh, but until we get to our home, we need to walk, talk, think, and expect differently in every area of our life, proclaiming the gospel, the good news over our life, our children, our family, our grandchildren, and not looking to what is going on in front of us, but trusting and believing God for a, a major miracle. Amen? You know, uh, as we're wrapping up and closing, uh, do we know when the, I told you, give me a five-minute warning. You, all good? Okay. Okay. Uh, Don said, if I go over my preaching time, he starts taking away honorarium money. So I'm going to stick to that like nobody's business. Seriously. So uh, don't let me go over it. <laughs> you know, I get frustrated when um, I had God, God needed to call me to the ministry to be, uh, I needed extra accountability, put it that way, because there are times that I could legitimately choke people out. <laughs> I'm a perfect example of God using the, wise, the simple to confound the wise. I want to remind you today that you have a testimony. You have a story, and God's put it in each one of you. You know what my story looks like? It goes like this, my testimony. And before I tell you, I think it's, it's interesting that once we get saved, polished up, cleaned up, we don't want to tell people what God did for us. We don't want to share our testimony because, you know, people might think. My testimony is easy. I was a foul-mouthed, fornicating United States Marine. And two people went out of their way to tell the Lord Jesus Christ about to me. And I got saved. And years later, I'd be proclaiming and preaching the gospel around the world and be on Christian television and, and all of these things. But it wouldn't have happened if somebody didn't share their testimony with me. These chairs to the left and the right that are empty represent literal people that you know going to hell. I want to encourage you to share your testimony, your story of what you were before God cleaned you up. Amen? Amen. It's your right. You need to stand up and ask for it. When the devil attacks you, you need to stand up and, and, and proclaim God's word. We serve the God who separated the day from the night, who separated the seas, flung the stars into the heaven. That's the God that we serve. You need to fight back. In closing, Hebrews 12.1, Paul says, you're encompassed by such a great cloud of witnesses. When we come to the house of the Lord, angels of God gather around the property where they stand wingtip to wingtip with their swords drawn. 
I want to encourage you to remember who you are today. Thank you for letting people around the world understand who they are in Christ Jesus because of the word of God.